Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. We are recording on a Wednesday night. Full NBA slate going on tonight, and of course I'm joined by my co-host PJ. PJ, what's going on? What's happening? How's it going, brother? Oh, we easy as D, man. <laughs> That's pretty easy. We all about the easy D. <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that. Sure, uh, this is gonna be a good one tonight. I, I can already tell. I'm excited. We've got some good stuff to talk about here. I had Easy some D is not one of them. Some coffee? Easy is D. that what you just said? I had some coffee. I'm just for this pot. I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm energized. Okay. Can't you tell? I, Can't you I, feel? I can kind of feel. I feel like I'm getting more caffeinated just listening Ooh. to you talk. Ooh. Easy but, D uh, will yeah. be your future segment, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Along with sure. alternative, we have alternative facts and Easy D. Um, and then we'll maybe have a sad moment of the week. Overrated, sad, huge, a huge overrated, <laughs> sad. Uh, yeah, I'm totally. Hey, PJ, if you want to come up with uh, what all of those segments mean, I'm all for that. But the big D segment, I'm I'm really interested to see what we're no, exactly easy D, easy D. Easy, Easy D. D. So is that just like a player that played shitty defense, the worst defense of the preseason no. previous week? It's an easy D. It's it can mean anything really. We I like, just like the we the most promiscuous NBA player from the previous week. It could be. <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could be Easy D. Yeah, bad defense or like maybe someone like scored a bunch of points on a team because of their Easy D. I don't know. Uh, All right. Well, I'm gonna are. let you. I'm yeah. gonna let you brainstorm that one, and I'm gonna consult with Ratings Machine DJT on that. All right, Peach. Well, let's start talking about. Let's start by talking about the Cavs and Wizards game from Monday night. Which, if it wasn't the it best was, game of the year, it was definitely top three. It was pretty pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like I'd say uh, outside of maybe the. I mean, uh, I got. I think Christmas Day Cavs Warriors might win, but like the fact this one went o the the end of the fourth plus the OT and like just some of the crazy plays. It was yeah. I mean, for just a random ass Monday night game, it's pretty dope. Well, and the big difference I think between the two was just how both teams played offensively like neither the Warriors or the Cavs really had their A game in that Christmas Day game like Kyrie ended up closing it out and LeBron had good stats but K-Love didn't play particularly well Steph didn't have a very good game yeah I mean the Cavs I mean the Cavs Warriors thing was kind of like and it was was like the so this is you know this big thing but but I mean it kind of like just well, I, yeah, I just say the difference was like that, that Christmas Day game was just kind of, like, yeah, kind of putzing along, and then all of a sudden it ramped up for like a few minutes here or there. But I mean, there's still, yeah, I mean, this one had had a lot going on for a regular season game. It was it was fun. Well, I was just saying, like for the Wizards, you had standout performances by Wall, Beal, Gortat had a good game, Otto Porter played well, and then the Cavs, they have LeBron, career high in assists, 17 assists. Kyrie has kind of an off game, but just goes ham in OT. K-Love has almost 40. Tristan Thompson has 20-plus. I mean, like, both teams really couldn't have played much better offensively. And so just, like, entertainment-wise, just as an NBA fan, it was an incredible game. It was so good. Yeah, and me and Kyrie are gonna take some of those the uh, couple plays there in the OT and just store those next time someone's trying to come in here. I can point fingers, but saying that Kyle Lowry might be a better point guard than him in the East. Kyrie and I are just gonna hold on to those. <laughs> uh, I can't even go in on that right now. Like that's yo, that's you a were long conversation. You went. We had the conversation a little bit and saying I know, but I I come in here Come in here saying I just every anyone that wants to uh 
start making arguments for people not named Kyle, not named Kyrie Irving, for uh, best point guard in the East. Shoot, hit me up. Send me, send me a, send me a message. I mean, I'll, I'll tango with that. I'm not gonna spit. I'm not gonna say any bad things about Kyrie. This this is not about the Kyrie versus Kyle Lowry conversation. That's fine. Hey, that's fine. I just just want to let it be known. I got I got plenty of tape. I got plenty of plenty of backup here. All right, fair um, enough. But don't, don't make me bring up the Zaza Pachulia All Star shit again because I don't want to. <laughs> Fuck that, Russell. We'll, we're gonna get it. We'll get it, baby. Okay. Um, no, but yeah, that game was awesome. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, it was just like kind of the if you weren't watching the full game. I think a lot of people kind of caught on in the fourth, and then I mean, by OT, everyone was kind of tuned in. I think the uh, the uh, Kevin Love pass, the the Kevin Love reminder that he's really good at full court passes, kind of thing uh, <laughs> that came up, and uh, yeah, LeBron makes a unreal video game shot uh, that bank, which is. Pretty well. I mean, I still don't know how how he made it. Um, there's nothing else you can do, but that yeah, dude. You and I have already talked about this a little bit. Like he probably wasn't trying to bank it, but just like I don't know how. I, yeah. I don't think I could even get the ball to the rim if I was shooting from that far away and I was leaning. You know, I'm fading away from the basket. I mean, he was just trying not to airball it. I mean, that's like that's one of those shots you're just like. I'm going to try to give this as much as I got to get it to there. And, yeah, knowing that you could kind of bank it. Yeah, he did. And holy crap. And, yeah, he, like, fouled out for one of the few times in his, like, ever in his career, too, which was kind of a – that was, like, the only bummer of that whole thing is LeBron fouled out. It almost made it better, though, because then it just put the ball in Kyrie's hands and then he took care of business, too. So there's one more thing with Kyrie that I just – I'm not really – well, I don't really get it. Is why don't you make that dude pass? Like, like I, I don't know. I just uh, there's so many times happens in the final, happens everywhere. Like, just give him space. And on both those shots, I was like, yeah, he's gonna make. Like, I spoke like the the three he made. I just I couldn't believe it. I just like saw him. Like, you're you're just gonna give that to him. You're you're just gonna give him that space and let him do that to you. It, I think but- it's kind of. So all I'm going to say to that is that, well, he's he's one of the toughest, if not the toughest player to, to def- really do yeah. to, to do that against. Um, because just get and, up in his grill. But just like in the finals, and he had a couple threes on Bradley Beal, that like Beal's on him. Like it's not an easy shot. It's off. It's off the dribble. Fading away. The one he made on the base. The one on the the one he made on the baseline. That was like just he worked it. But um, the three he made though to put him like no. I I just I that's not a guy I'm gonna even let kind of get any space. I'm gonna have to make him. I'm gonna take a foul. I'm gonna eat a foul or two. But I'm gonna in those situations. I'm not letting him just like face up and interval around me. I mean. People guard people guard Steph way closer than Kyrie on those kind of things. It's just yeah. It's, I mean, it, I think part, the move is I think the move is you you make him drive towards the baseline and don't let him get in yeah. the paint because if you try to double team him out there though he he's, I'm not double team. No, I don't mean that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just pushing him towards that. the baseline and making yeah. him. Yeah, I, I like that baseline. That. The baseline shot he made before. To talk, like it was like I think that was to make him tie at one point, but yeah, that baseline one. I mean, I mean the dude dribbled way too long. I mean, that was the one thing with that. But he was just he could do that, and then he just was like kept dribbling until he created space and then got something he was comfortable with, like from a a distance. But um, yeah, like that's kind of the smarter play. But I just yeah, when, if you told me like how I'm defending Kyrie and LeBron's fouled out. Because that happens once in a lifetime to me. That's like why no one thought of it. But I'm not letting that dude dribble on me like that. Like I'm gonna, 
bean is grill. I'll take I'll eat the fowl and let them call something like that before. Cause yeah, he needs him and Steph might be like two of the dudes that like need a half a hair of, of space, like with the ball in their hand to get their shot off. Yep. Yep, you're exactly right. And but I, let's talk a little bit about the third guy of Cleveland's big three that he's been ever since he's been in Cleveland has been under the most amount of scrutiny and that's K Love and he's been the name that's been thrown around with the mellow trade rumors. Yeah. And yeah. it's really a question of, well, is Mellow even a fit on the Cavs? And if he is is the is getting him on the Cavs? Does K Love need to be a part of that deal? Would it work with K Love and Mello being on the team? And you know, after this game, and K Love played tremendously. I think he had thirty nine. Uh, he, uh, you know, LeBron came out and essentially said all the rumors are complete BS and that he's not. Which he's got to say, K-Love, which he has to say. But I honestly believe it this time, to be honest. Like I, I don't. I just, why would he want? To screw up, GM LeBron. Not screw up. Because he got. Because he, he's trying to make his seventh. He won the finals, man. Yeah, but he's not playing Warriors with playing with Kevin Dur- against Kevin Durant. I mean, I think he's he's realizing kind of what this anomaly happened to him, and he's trying his best. And I mean, I don't think he's kind of set this up a couple years ago to really be flexible. I mean, they've got the highest payroll. And I, I, I think he's kind of realizing that what he has to go up against, he's going to need a little bit more firepower. And I think, but I honestly think they're trying to get something going where they keep Kevin Love. I don't know what that trade looks like, what those pieces would have to be that get moved. Um, but I think that's like kind of what he obviously wants to do first. And I mean, if you're telling me, and there was early stuff like the, Knicks were willing to take like Jamal Crawford and Austin Rivers and stuff for Mello. I mean, I just don't. It kind of seems like, and, and as Phil Jackson keeps running his mouth and saying stuff about Mello, I mean, it's like you're not going to get. You might get 50 cents on the dollar for Mello at this point. If they're uh, lucky. And there's another report today that I think it's going to, if it's true, is really going to put the pressure on the Knicks a little bit is that it's sounding like that upcoming free agents are starting to take notice on how Phil is handling everything. And that's going to deter people from signing, which I hadn't really thought about that. But, I mean, obviously that's going to deter. Like, why would you want to go? It's like, a player's it, league. It's like, yeah, you can't. And not only the mellow thing, just everything that Phil has done this season. It's been a disaster for him. Well, it's how, but, but if you're going to treat mellow like that, a guy that's that's been the stable of a franchise something like that like no people are gonna be like you're gonna do that to mellow like what's my ass gonna have happen to me if i don't you know play well and the new york thing i think is kind of bogus like i don't like for mellow mellow loves playing in new york i think he he could have done it he would have just he'd like to play there the rest of his career um i think he likes living in new york obviously um, but I don't think the New York thing is as much appeal as like people, like you don't need New York and, and that market to necessarily be a big time player and you know all the the opportunities and everything. I mean, well, and same for LA. Like big markets are becoming less and less important. It's really just about it's becoming winning has become really the most important thing to players, I think. But so I want to ask you a question though. So if you know, let's assume this trade isn't going to happen unless K-Love is involved. Uh, unless, like, I'm not going to try to think of, like, what package the Cavs are throwing together, but in a seven-game series against the, you know, the Spurs or the Rockets or the uh, Warriors, you know, assuming the Cavs get to the finals, do you think they have a better chance of winning with K-Love on this team or do you have, or with Carmelo Anthony? And I can't have Just the this option. season. Just the season. I can't have the option of having them both. No, just one. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd take Mel. I take Mellow, man. I mean, Mellow's the kind of guy that he can still win. He could win you a playoff series this year without a doubt. Like he could win you a series, win you a game. I mean, 
wherever the case may be. Um, and how it fits and stuff. I mean, yeah, he's a ball dominant guy, but um, LeBron and Kyrie both. I mean, they play off each other well, but if you take Mellow staggers minutes, have him playing with the second unit. I mean, him him holding the ball in those situations, I'm I'm good with. I think he he brings up enough. You know, you you lose some on the rebounding side and, and aspects of there, but um, no, I, I take Melo, man. I mean, Melo's a dynamic scorer still in this league, and and Kevin, I mean, Kevin Love's great and all, um, but yeah, I would I would take Melo with easy in that in that case. I disagree. I just and it's not so much from like a scoring perspective. I think that if you give Caleb or Melo the ball anywhere on the court, I think Carmelo is a better scorer. Uh, I think that Caleb yeah. fits with what they need, and I a lot better than Melo does. And I think Melo would just completely mess with the flow of how of how that team works. I just think it would. I think uh, it would but be see, a if if Melo if Melo makes that move and he's in the Cleveland like. I think he knows like his his role wouldn't be the normal like he would have to adjust to a different role. Um, I mean, he'd be, definitely be taking a lot more you know spot up jumpers. I think he would have to understand like the ball wouldn't be in his hand all the time, and it's it. I mean, when you got LeBron James there, like kind of running that show, I I, I think he would fall in line. Um, no, I think it's something. If you do that kind of move, it's like you'd rather have a off season or, or something like that to uh, to transition him in, making that happen. Saying. Yeah, like I mean mid season is tough, but I exactly what I was gonna say. But I mean, like, I mean, if LeBron thinks it can work, I'm willing to trust LeBron on that. I mean, no one's leaving, no one's entering or exiting that organization without LeBron signing off on it, and. Um, you know, I think LeBron more than anyone understands his legacy. Understands like what's on the line for him. Um, and if he thinks Melo is is a difference maker, he thinks Melo is going to be what he needs to take on the Warriors. Like, do it. I mean, that's like kind of what it comes down to more than anything. Who he thinks of those two is a, is a better option. But no, I think they're. I honestly do think they're trying to do something where they keep all four. Um, because I think it'd be a lot. E- it'd be easier on the Cavs to do, like as far as structuring a trade goes, it's pretty easy to it'd be pretty. I think easy package put together if you do Kevin Love and, and Melo to start, as far as like matching salaries and everything um, goes there. Yeah, I mean, I would. I'd much rather see that trade go through with K Love staying on the team. Um, I don't know how. The- Fuck that were. I mean, and I think it makes it more likely that LeBron ends up being on a team with you know what's the whole banana boat, you know, and I'm I'm rooting for that. You know what I found out? I didn't know this, but you know LeBron's got a cap guy. LeBron has a has a guy on like his style, you know, whatever with uh, Maverick Hart. Like he's got a cap guy that like knows how everything works and like who he's talking to and. Figuring out what deals and stuff like. Really. Yeah. Where'd you read that? Uh, one of the Chicago guys that I follow was was talking about it on the on radio. It's uh, pretty fascinating. I didn't know. I was like, "That's freaking awesome!" Like, that's bonkers. It's crazy uh, how stars and like this. Like, I feel like that would never be a thing in like the '80s, but now that's just. Like LeBron no, just has a cap guy. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, I think is LeBron's trying to own. I mean, that's what he was kind of getting at was that LeBron's trying to maybe own the Cavs or a piece of it, or like he's he's kind of getting himself ready for that. Oh, front office LeBron is going to be ridiculous. Can't wait. Definitely, that might be the one area he could uh, beat MJ in. No one could argue with. 
Yeah, well, MJ hasn't been doing very well so far. Uh, let, let's move on, Peach. Um, and you mentioned the Warriors, and they actually got their ass kicked. <laughs> Not actually, but it's a close game. But they, if you lose to the Kings and you're the Warriors, it's an ass kicking. And uh, Boogie's had a very Isn't busy week and a very up and down big week old because he boogie. shows flashes. It was a of, it was quintessential. It was, this week, it was uh, as much a boogie, boogie type of week as you could have. He goes... From the high of just being a physical, dominating, just dope-ass player. I mean, yeah, just cannot be stopped force on a basketball court, beating the Warriors, doing, like, exactly kind of having that game. I would say, oh, like, how, if you gun to your head, how do the Kings beat the Warriors in this time? Like, well, Boogie just goes batshit. Uh, and that's kind of what he did. He just tore him up. But you go from that to then, yeah, he's playing the Bulls. <laughs> he gets himself two tacks. Gets a little dust up with uh, Jim Boyland. Uh, picks up his 15th and then later has a little outburst and grabs his uh, 16th tax. So now he's missed the game against Boston. Just the, the highs and lows of uh, Boogie Cousins' experience. It was... Uh, no better way to describe it than this. These little two, last two games here for him. And I know we've we've talked about Boogie a ton on this pod, and if he's going to be love traded, us, Boogie. So I'm not going to get into the trade thing right now because it's, it's sounding like he's going to be re-signing with the Kings, but it's it's turning into like an every other game thing where he's getting in some sort of trouble. I don't know. I mean, this is like his. This is the boogie experience, man. I mean, and I think until he's on, which I think I've said on the pod. I know I've definitely said it to you off pod, but I mean, I think until Boogie gets in a situation where he's actually competing and you know in a position where he might be able to win a championship with the team, he uh, he's not gonna. You know, he's gonna have some of this. I think that's he needs that kind of extra motivation that and honestly i mean it'd be it'd be really great if at some point he got a coach that he could really sync up with and, and respect and kind of under who guys just understood boogie in some way or another who got yeah, him he definitely needs a guy in there that can, he respects and i think he needs to be with some veterans that he respects i just hope I just don't know where he he goes because he's in a really weird spot, and I I love Boogie. Like I don't want him to. Like, I love how passionate he is, and he's so fun to watch. And they're just like so. There are so few guys in the NBA that have the skills on the block as he does, and yeah. like he has skills that extend out to the three point line as well. And I mean, he is a, he's a shot blocker. Like he's a great rim defender. Uh, he's really all you could ask for in a modern day big and when it, you have teams like the Warriors like the Warriors I would say that if you're going to point at something that you could really take advantage of them it's if you have a like a highly skilled big even Draymond Green is going to have a little bit of trouble defending guys like that just because of his size and uh, Boogie showed that against the Warriors and there's really there are very few guys that can match up decently with, with DeMarcus Cousins um, that be in, you know, but it's interesting to think like who is a guy in the league that could kind of defend him. No, like when you're talking about like a veteran or someone that he'd like respect and listen to. Like, well, I think Matt Barnes has been that guy. He's the closest thing to what they have. That's right not now. what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. It's not good. Friend. No, I know. I'm I, thinking I, like a like him and like like Chris Paul. Like, I mean, it has to be like. Of that, we were saying like Ben Ben Abbott crew is almost like that people I'm thinking of, or like who's a yeah who would that dude be for Boogie that he would just like could, John yeah. Wall. Mm, yeah, yeah, man. They would they, they would be a good match because John Wall would be the point and he would run the show. But I mean, those guys have played together before, and I think he respects John Wall. Uh, yeah, I mean, like an e- I mean, that's like a peer, like an equal, more than it be. Yeah, man. Right. There's it's not. A, it's not so much a veteran match. But yeah. I mean, no, I, that'd be. No, that's a good. You know but, I, mean, I mean, that though? that makes sense. I mean, that's that has been who people have said in the past with him. 
Um, yeah, that's like the kind of the boogie. I just, like, I, just yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say, like, I mean, this is just kind of like the boogie experience. It's, I mean, I think the guy needs to just be true to who he is. I mean, he's an emotional player, but I think, you know, you look at that 16 tack, even that, I mean, that was like a ridiculous, just kind of like just burst of emotion. Thought he got fouled, and I think, you know, it was an awkward three-point attempt, and it's not really like a shot he's taking consistently where he's making it enough that, you know, him missing it badly is going to make a ref go, oh, you know, Boogie wouldn't brick that thing like that. Like, he had to have gotten some contact and get the benefit there. Right. And, so. he, and he wasn't fouled. And it yeah, was, that's it. I mean, that's the, the other thing, part of it. Yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous. Uh, and it's like, like you said, I mean, there have been fouls this year. There have been technical fouls he's gotten that I get he's being passionate or he's fouling someone too hard. Like, those things happen. Uh, it's the it's actually technical he didn't get where he like chucked his mouth guard in front of the Portland Trailblazers bench and you know it ended up getting rescinded but I he probably should have gotten teed up for that and then he gets teed up for you know just going ballistic when he doesn't get a foul call to end the game against the Bulls uh which by the way like how, how that guy could not have gotten like if he could eliminate two minutes of basketball in his life I would guess it's probably the last two minutes or the last minute of each of those two games against the Bulls this year because he got foul- he got called for that foul against the Bulls where D-Wade missed the dunk <laughs> two uh, which he didn't even touch him and then this time he you know tries to draw a foul and fails miserably but um, yeah I just uh, the Kings just, as long as Boogie's on the Kings we're probably going to keep talking about him so you know get get used to the Boogie talk we, we want this I'll guy never to be in a successful wanting. situation yeah. But speaking of a guy that's not in a, uh, a great situation, that would be Zach Levine. You know, really unfortunate news coming out this week um, that Zach tore his ACL. I think that was announced on Sunday. Yeah, really um, blue, man. And, you know, as a T-Wolves fan, like, I've always been super high on that guy. Like, I think – I don't know if it was on the pod or outside of the pod that I said that I thought he was going to average 20 this year, and he, he was close to that. Um, I mean, you know, him, Wiggins, and him, Wiggins, and Cat were all kind of right – they, they all three all, of them could have been there. Yeah, they were all above twenty for a while, and then Zach had kind of a stretch where he cooled off a little bit. But uh, you know, I really do think that he's going to be like a, like a core piece to the Wolves' future. Um, like I've always, I've always thought of him as more of like a sixth man, just because of his size. Just like come in, just be, just go Jamal Crawford all over second units, um, and who knows if that's going to be that guy he's shown. He's capable of, of being a starting shooting guard as well. But I just really hope that his explosiveness, explosiveness comes back and uh, the ACL thing is a, a thing of the past because uh, he's fun to watch. Yeah, man, it's too, it does suck. And, yeah, I didn't see injuries, see much about it. It seemed pretty low-key as far as, like, you didn't see a lot of people react and instantly think he, he tore it or anything. Um but yeah, it sucks. I hate injuries. Wish we could turn them off. Wish yeah, that option we, was available. You brought up before we started recording that Jabari went down. Tonight. Yeah, Jabari. I've seen some stuff that it's it's looking like a sprain. I watched a video of it. It was it didn't weird. look good, yeah. uh, and how he reacted same, was not good. Yeah, I mean it was the same knee he previously tore his ACL. I mean, but sometimes with like dudes that you know, it's instantly you kind of. I feel like a lot of guys, especially if you've had that. Like he, I'm sure instantly he's like, oh, you know, oh fuck, did I you know mess this up again? Yeah, um, and I've I've talked to um, I've talked to uh, just in playing football in high school and stuff. You see sprained MCLs and stuff quite a bit, and um, I've talked to my dad about it too, and he's dealt with them before. And it's like those are those can be similar pain threshold as like a tear i think it i mean it just depends by person obviously but you know who knows maybe you know i hope it's a sprain hopefully it's even less severe than that and the guy's back is um two young teams which they're you know jabari and and levine are in both of the bucks and t wolves futures for sure so hopefully you know it's hopefully jabari's isn't severe and he'll be back in a week or so yeah, cause, I mean, damn, everything's not been coming up the Bucks' way the last 
three, four weeks, last month, really. 2017. The good news is that it's sounding like uh, Chris Middleton is most likely going to be coming back. He played tonight. He played tonight. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, I'm sure that he, I mean, I haven't nice seen see. his stats since he's returned, but I'm sure he's just working his, baywack, his way back into playing shape. But Yeah, this know. is the first game I saw with him back. I don't know if this is his official first game back, but I... Uh, saw he was playing tonight so i mean and i'm always trying to get my Giannis, Giannis on whenever i can of course my easy my easy d just trying to get on that Giannis. (laughs) of course uh speaking of speaking of someone that's kind of turned into easy d since he's uh gotten past his prime paul pierce uh got to say goodbye to boston this past weekend were you able to catch any of that game uh, I mean, no, I didn't watch it. I mean, it was because uh, it was on Super Bowl Sunday, right? I'm pretty. Right. Yep. Um, did not get to, but I mean, obviously, you saw it after the um, kind of the clips or whatever. I mean, he. I mean, really, the only big points of it. I mean, I think people kind of blew it up more than it needed. But I mean, it was just kind of nice moments. Yeah, Doc had him start, um, but then he subs them back in they're they're they lose the game but he uh makes a, a pull up three knocks a three um for his one basket so he doesn't go scoreless in boston but um then the boston crowd does a pretty classy thing yeah, it gives him a nice standing o and oh yeah I mean, that was a cool look- it was a cool moment but it wasn't like a you know it's not like him going like doing like a kobe 61 you know going off and Boston again. I mean, no. I mean, you you and I went to school with a, a buddy of ours that is from the Northeast, and I mean, he's loves Paul Pierce. Like, if you're a, I'm pretty sure if you're a Boston Celtics yeah. fan, like, regardless of what, you know, Paul Pierce left, it wasn't. It, I don't. You know, the Celtics got rid of him at the right time. It seems like, and I like he brought a championship to Boston. Like, he's the man. And like, quick thought, quick note on Paul Pierce. He always blew my mind as far as, like, I mean, he was unstoppable um, in his prime. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA. Uh, and he just always seemed like he was just like this Joe Schmo. And I could never understand how he could do the things that he did. But he's just like, he just made buckets, dude. He was always well, a great guy to watch. He's kind of, I mean, I always, I like put in that kind of class, I mean, mellow and the guy we were just talking about even jabari um guys that like physically they're they don't really look i mean they're kind of doughier i guess is like kind of the first thing i always think of but like they're just like their physical appearance doesn't seem that intimidating but um and they're not the fastest you know any anything like that like just athletically nothing stands out about them but yeah they're just dynamic scores um He's uh yeah I mean that's gonna be a guy who's gonna have his jersey retired in Boston. He's a uh, you know greatest Celtics of all time. So no is is cool. Um, it's a uh, yeah I mean he's just kind of he's definitely on his way out though. I mean there's nothing. There's no question about that for him. He's not having like a big poppy last season or anything. You know. No, it, t- it turns out it's a little more difficult to pull off last seasons like that when you're in the NBA. But uh, I still can't like uh, I still can't believe David Ortiz ended up retiring after the season he had. I am a little bit surprised he didn't come back, but <laughs> um, that's a whole different thing. But um, so we 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 should touch on the one trade that actually did. There was happen. a trade. Yes, there it was. was. Far from sexy and didn't oh. involve the Bucks. Ooh. So maybe right. you think it's sexy, but there's a lot of nothing sex. There's nothing sexier than a bunch of big men getting shifted around the bunch whole big old six six eleven seven footers just swapping jersey colors and moving teams and probably playing the same few minutes that they were playing on their previous teams. No, Plumlee's gonna get more minutes now. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, the trade He's was gonna get more minutes. 
Miles Plumley and and for some reason the I mean I thought I mean uh, I like Miles Plumley. Um don't know why he got a four year deal from the why the Bucks felt compelled to give him a four year deal. Um but they're able to get out from underneath well, four that. Year, four years for like ten million a year, right? That was, a, that was a lot. I mean, to be like a midway, like you know, bench, yeah, off the bench center. Um, but hey, thanks, thanks Charlotte, thanks for that. Um, happy that they were able to clear that space and get a couple of aspiring contracts with Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes. Um, and you know, the nice, nice thing. Well, I think the weird thing, the thing I don't like about the trade is all I was saying was that to have a Plumlee and a Zeller on the same team now kind of feels weird to me. <laughs> it is uh, weird. I've always like, yeah, those are like kind of like the rival. Th- I've had this like weird in my mental head. I've always thought of like the Zellers and the Plumleys as like rival families, um, just because they kind of came up around the same time. I mean, Tyler played on. North Carolina, and then all the Plumleys went to Duke, so I think that's some of it, but yeah, just like, them all being from Indiana, well, I think the Zellers are from Indiana, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so I think it's them all being kind of the dividing of the Indiana, but just a lot of, I, I just don't know if it's right that the uh, Hornets are allowed to hog that many big white men on their team and they got Kaminsky too and they got Miles and Cody Zeller I just yeah I don't know if that's should be legal so do you think that they should spread the wealth who who won that trade do you think oh the Bucks for sure yeah yeah the Bucks for sure unloading that contract is a huge doesn't matter what came back I don't care what came back yeah, I mean that was you, that was a huge you drop that you get rid of Monroe's deal you you know some of that oh, yeah man that's Monroe's deal is looking better and better here. So you know what my my thought though is is um they moved Plumley and I'm wondering if they're gonna use that money to re up Beasley. They're in on the Beasley to, thing. How much are they gonna have to pay him though? He might, dude. He might be a ten mil. I don't, but I don't think they're going to make the same mistake if they like, give him four years. I think they give him like a two or something. You know. Yeah, he's just the longevity of Michael Beasley has never proved to be. He's a guy, and I, I always I love J.R. Smith, but he's kind of like that way too, where those are guys I'm not necessarily psyched about extending out to like long-term deals. Like They're kind of those dudes that you should like – they should always be playing like a – a one and one deal or something like they should always be playing like a two year like with an option or something to like keep them focused and and stuff like that but see i've always i've always had a lot of love for michael beasley so i do too but i'm still saying like if i'm giving out dough like i don't know if i could i'd be like wanting to commit four years of my like of my franchise going forward and significant dollars to that guy no i think that a year with a team team option for a second year two years with a team option for a but third i'm saying they should be perpetually on like a a one and one like they that just should be their that just should be how their deals are structured like they just always be playing with a one year with a team option Constantly. Hey, maybe maybe Lance Stevenson will kick some ass for the T Wolves and they can sign him for a one on one here. I am excited to see Lance play some defense for Tibbs. I mean, he, I'm not surprised at all that they gave. I mean, they needed to sign somebody because Levine's he's been top five in the NBA in minutes, and they just need so being. I was going to hope in. Tibbs signed Nate Robinson. Oh God. I, I mean, Rob, I got love. I gotta love. I got love for Nate Robinson too. Like at this at this point, this season's kind of down the shitter anyway. Like they can sign. He's anyone. on a D League team now. I know, I know, but replace. I, I hey, you, the only way you can replace a dunk champion is with another one. That's true. Yeah, that's important. I didn't even to think about on. that. 
God, that's important should, to Tibbs, I'm sure. I'm sure Jason Richardson is still in shape. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they could. Well, they could have done try to maybe swing a trade for uh, Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter. I just saw. I mean, like he was like blocking people. He had like three straight blocks or something tonight. Yeah, on the Suns. I don't know what you qual or like the you know unicorn is used for these young athletic young, freaks young. in the NBA. But like, what do you call the old athletic freaks? Uh, well, I usually sh- refer to them as like. Uh, well, I mean, when I think of old athletic freak, the first person I think of is uh, Julius Peppers. But um, <laughs> okay, talk about NBA here, man. Yeah, but just freaking like alien, like that's like a alien Kryptonian kind of ability so to keep short, going. Short side note on him is. Though I've only been to a handful of NFL games, but one of them I was pretty close to the sideline and saw Julius Peppers in person. He's one of the biggest humans I've ever seen. Like it was, yeah, it was a monster. And that you was just, when he was just, with the Bears too. You just gave me a jab for a little Julius Peppers shout out. Like, and then you're just gonna go break out in a start. It's cold, man. No, it's a like hard time, man. He's an old athletic freak, yeah, man. Like, just dude that keeps going. Maybe that's what LeBron. I mean, we're um, you know, look at LeBron, kind of his minutes and his aging. We talked about that too. You know how how that looks. Maybe LeBron gets that extended old man athletic strength. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's he could easily be doing the stuff that Vince Carter's doing. I think when he's his age. Except I've always envisioned LeBron transitioning to be the more athletic Zebo. Oh, I'd love to see Fat LeBron just doing stuff on the block. When I would love, 38. yeah. I want Fat oh, LeBron. I want him to be just huge, just so big. Like, I want him to weigh, like, 300 pounds. <laughs> Thing is, though, he'd probably still look pretty jacked at 300. Yeah. I Dude, I think he at one point on the heat, he was like, like year two. Yeah, they list him at, like, 260 is the highest I've ever listed him at. Dude, his second year with the heat. I honestly think he was like 280. I think he was 282, man. I mean, he was he was giant. He's thin now. That dude just like cut a ton of weight. Uh, he, nah, he put some back on. He's like in. He might be like 250, 260 now. Hmm. Um, because he cut a bunch. His like first year, his first year back at the Cavs, but then year two he kind of brought some. Like he started to put on a lot of weight too, though in the middle of that season and like kind of got back to a normal look and uh the second you know second year too i feel you all right well that's enough yeah uh, that's enough there. that's enough lebron weight weight talk here but let's uh let's move on to a segment that we i don't think we've done this for a little while but we have both a, a player and a team uh, for Ball Don't Lie this week. And just a reminder, so this Ball Don't Lie segment is talk about a player, team, or whatever it be that uh, are either under or overperforming what we would expect. And we're just going to um, talk about whether or not we think that this is something that can be sustainable going through the rest of the year or like if or is this eventually going to be crashing down to earth. And let's start with – Yogi Ferrell, which just kind of yo took the lead by storm for a few days there. Yogi, Yogi Sanity. So he signed a two-year deal with the Mavs. He got himself a two-year deal. Guy played four games, got himself a two-year deal. American dream, right there. And he dropped thirty points on nine threes against the Blazers last Friday. Yeah. So PJ for real. No, I don't I mean <laughs> what's going on here? Is this yeah. a guy that's going to be averaging 20 in the NBA or what are what what kind of player do we have in Yogi Ferrell? So I mean Yogi could always put up points at Indiana. I mean, he was always like a guy I was never like worried about him being able to score the basketball, but he's an undersized kind of player um really wonder what happened in brooklyn that he couldn't stick there because i mean it's not like that team 
in any need of some young, exciting, talented players on their team. Um, so not really sure what happened there, but yeah, he's uh, doing work on these uh, for the kind of boring Mavs team. Watched a lot more Mavs basketball the last two weeks as a yogi than I uh, had for about a, a month and a half or so here. Um, he's cool. He's, like, fun. I mean, I uh, I don't know if it's, like, how long it works or, like, you know, Yogi going to be making playoff appearances or anything like that, but he's uh, he's for sure really fun to watch. That's the, the realest part about him, I think, to this point. So... I do not think we're going to see another night like he had. Oh. Oh, I think he could get 30. Oh, you don't think he could get 30 again? I do not think he'll score oh. 30 points in an NBA game again. Oh, see, I will. I would gladly put money on the other side of that. I definitely think he can do that. That I don't think that was a fluke. I just mean as far as like him being an actual impact on anything for real, I don't know about that. Oh, so yeah, we'll Ooh. we'll table that discussion on what on table the terms it. of that bet. But he, hear me out here. So he scored thirty. I don't think he's the guy that's that is going to be able to, and maybe he'll develop it. But as of right now, doesn't really have the ability to like hit a bunch of shots in the lane or get to the foul line. So he scored thirty, but twenty-seven points of that are off three pointers. He's averaging 17 points, which is really nice. Like anyone would love a 17-point score coming off the bench, playing point guard for you. But I think the teams are going to figure him out a little bit. I don't think he can really score off ball all that well. well see, uh, one thing I, I just I, see like, think about with one thing I think about with Yogi is being able to score the damn ball. I like some of the other stuff. I'm not sure about, like I said, but. I was really never the, all that impressed with him at Indiana. I'm I mean, happy. he came and went. He was inconsistent. I'm, I'm glad that he got a shot in the NBA. I'm glad the dude got paid. I just think that uh, at the end of this two-year deal, I don't foresee us seeing a lot of Yogi Ferrell. Ooh, I can't wait for him to drop 30 again. Well, we'll talk. We'll like I said, we'll have to table that. But let's get to our team. That we're going to discuss in this segment. This That's the Miami Heat. Thing. Oh my so, God. you know, we may or may not have had a Ugh. tough time in the last few weeks pegging this team when it comes to picking money lines. Uh, Doing anything. Oh, how are they good? They may or may not have screwed up a parlay for us today. They may or may not be playing a bunch. I mean, they played some trash freaking teams, but. They've also beaten. Some somewhat legit, like, middle-tier teams, I think, are better than them. Oh, they don't have any... I mean, like, Drogic and Whiteside are playing, again, great, but they're winning freaking games with Willie Reed and Tyler Johnson and, like, I don't know. Like, not... Guys, they're pulling off their D-lead. Yeah, man. I don't know what this is. I think it's stupid. It makes me angry. I don't want it to be for real. It's going to ha- end any day. Like, I think I just have to, like, bet on the heat and then the streak's over. I think you're probably right. But, and maybe we just got to put a little something on them. But, so my question to you is, so they're right for now like, 23 and 30. 12 games in a row. They're two games out of the eight seed. Do they make the playoffs? Damn it, I don't know, man. I don't think <laughs> well, they should. I don't think they're that good. Well, tell me, man. I want to hear your yay or nay. Nay. They don't even have justice. Justice is out. I'm just pouting, and I don't know. I know. I didn't think they were going to be good to begin the year. They're not going to be good now. I mean, they're on their nice little run here. Someone's going to – reality's going to come and slap their ass back down to earth. I think so, too. But damn, dude. Uh, 12 in a row is stupid. So they played the T-Wolves, and I watched quite a bit of that game on Monday. Yeah. Uh, and Goran Dragic is having a real nice season. If I'm the Heat, I'm selling high on him right now. 
like that well that's so that's what i mean like i think that's that's kind of what i was gonna my next point was gonna be too is i think they're trying to sell some stuff well Um. they should because they i forget the deal i think it's their deal with the suns that they have a bunch of picks going to the suns in a few years is that right yeah it's for what they got the part of the tragic getting tragic yep so they i mean they you know they've always been a free agent destination and had a ton of success there maybe they'll be able to um but uh, I'm still selling high on Drazic just because he's an older point guard and he only has a few years left on his deal. Like, you gotta I mean, I think the thing I, – I mean, the one thing I'll say about Miami more than any other team, they've always impressed me, though, is, like, it's kind of been more, like, ramped up in the post-LeBron era with them. But, man, they do a really good job with the D-League. And they bring up some nice players. Yeah, they do. I mean, look at Whiteside. I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, that was more of a reclamation project, but. I mean, he's um, still a dude that's had been bounced around the D League for years, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, he's probably the best shot blocker in the NBA, and or, you know, you can make the case of him and Gobert and DeAndre Jordan, but he's right there. He's, you know, he's a talented guy. Yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, like I said, Tyler Johnson, um, oh, what's their, uh, Josh Richardson. And he's out uh, too, right? He's yeah, he's he's he uh he might be back now. Then they've got the uh what's the other kid the other guard they've got there, um shoot, I'm blanking on his name. They got McGruger uh Magruder. That's who it is, yeah. Magruder. Um McGruber. Yeah, I couldn't I was thinking about That's that what I was trying to not say. Um <laughs> Well, and uh, Willie Reed, yeah, I said it anyway. Uh, dude, like them and like, kind of. The, I mean, Spurs kind of do it a little bit too, the most. But like, if I were to pick a team like they of messing with the D League system and and having it work for them, like that's the squad. They, I think theirs is like in Sioux Falls. I think they may have just. I think they won the D League championship last year. They were in the finals. Which, by um, the way, great location for a D-League team because there's just not shit that you're going to do besides play basketball. It's like... Yeah. It's not right? perfect location. Other than the fact that you're probably not going to make a ton of money because no one's going to be able to go to games. But I can't uh, imagine attendance is super high. I, I do. I bet it is. You know, it's a town like that. Sioux Falls? You said there's nothing to do there. They're going to go play, watch a basketball game. That's a good point. You could be right. All right, so we we think that yeah. we disagree on Yogi, and we think the Miami Heat still are going to stay out of the playoffs. You're going to be proven wrong about Yogi, and yeah, we we'll see. Can't stand. But as always, winning. let's go into our in and outs. PJ, what's your in? Um. Well, my in is going to kind of be mixed in with another one of our segments. We're going to kind of merge segments. Uh, I think today first time but you know we're always trying to innovate bring bring keep, seg- keep our listeners segment, on our toe what segment is that man oh um I, I think we all know and love it people keep asking if i'm <laughs> back and i haven't really had an answer but now yeah i'm thinking i'm back john wick john john wick be seeing you we be seeing you john we're only two days away america from John Wick being back in our lives. Are you going uh, Friday? I'm going to see it Friday. I wanted to see it Thursday, but I got convinced to wait. But it will not be out for more than 24 hours before my brain engulfs it. And I geek out in the most amazing way possible. I'm probably um, I'm probably not I'm gonna hold off to hear your review before I go pay and see it in theaters, but I hope it's um, as good as the first one. John motherfucking Wick, man. Um, might see it twice in the. I I would be shocked if I don't try to sneak and see a a matinee viewing of it. We're gonna watch the first one after work on Friday. Just prepped, ready pull a little John Wick drinking game along with it. Um, need those rules. You just 
hit me up and I'll guide you down that additionally fun event. But yeah, man, that movie is, I think it's going to be good. Rotten Tomatoes has been pretty high on it to start, so that's encouraging. Um, so we'll, we'll see, man, but I'm very in on John Wick being back and I'm, I've decided that 2017, though, I think, if you look at some of the mo- other movies coming out, great year for the uh, action movie. Big, big, big year for the action movie, you know, Trump's America. Maybe action movies are what gets us through these next four years. Well, I'm very excited for the new ha- Alien movie. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of like in, in, out, in and out of uh, on Alien. I like it, but then I'm like, never got crazy into it. But it's uh, well, Prometheus was bad. Yeah, that's it. No, but I mean, just like the first, like Alien One and Two, you know, Alien, Aliens. Um, they're good. I've just never been like crazy about them. Like, I watch them all the time. I've probably only seen both of them like four or five times at the most. That might be, it's but that's lot. like a good, yeah. But no, as I'm saying that though, it's like a whenever that's on cable, I'll, I'll sneak a few minutes of it here or there. That's kind of like how I think I've consumed that movies, those movies the you know in the most ways. But um, then you got Fast and the Furious. Um, the other movie I'm looking forward to most is Baywatch. Oh sure, it's gonna be so dope. I mean, the trailer be a lot of really good looking people in that movie that's for sure yeah i mean honestly if i just could watch consume movies with the rock and keanu reeves in it for the next four like i i'm good with that as the long as those four people, years <laughs> four I'm, I'm just looking at trump's america like i need just that in like senseless amounts of the rock and keanu reeves i mean the fact that i'll have two john wick movies to play around with you know, in two days from now is, is very encouraging to my mental psyche. Well, what isn't going to be encouraging for your mental psyche? What's your out? Um, so I think we mentioned The Bachelor, me being all in on The Bachelor. But thing about The Bachelor I'm not all in on is boring members of it. And for anyone out there that does listen or does watch The Bachelor, um... Maybe someone else can explain to me why Christina got herself a one-on-one date this episode. Automatic Red Flag is, like, going to be the worst episode of the season. Um, Girl is boring as all hell. She's lame as shit. Um, She tried to tell, like, a heartfelt story about being adopted and coming to this country, and that didn't make any damn sense. Like, she said her mom left her, but she left her mom. She ran away because she was trying to eat candles or something and not because or she lipstick ran away so that because her mom kicked her out essentially yeah kicked her out because she lied about not eating which why would you lie about not eating i don't understand that and if you're she your, wasn't allowed to eat her mom no, said, she don't eat all day and then she ate something and then her mom was like oh you ate something get out no, I thought it was the other way around. No, she said like, "Did you eat something?" And she said, "Yes, I ate something." Or and that, but she didn't eat anything that day, and her mom got upset with her. No, you need no. That you're got that switched. I'm not sure. We're gonna have to review the tape. Uh, the fact that the story did not make sense. It was not really well thought out. I mean, I think you could have maybe reshot that a few times. I don't know. I, I think if you were going to give Christina her moment, could have been a little bit better. Um, I don't want to shit on anyone but coming to this be country. Honest, but though, man. Like, is she's this... lame as shit. Okay. She is far from my favorite. She should have been gone after like the, the third episode. Her and Whitney were two people where it was like, oh, you're still on this Whitney thing. Was, like, Whitney was so much more boring than her though oh they both were whitney didn't do christine christina kept herself on the show because she confronted corinne um yeah they're both was like oh you're still here meanwhile in that like beginning that episode they dumped like three very interesting women um 
Alexis, who was the Dolphin trainer, which was bullshit, she got a raw fucking deal out of this whole thing because she, her only scenes were like the end credit, like after the preview, like funny, goofy minute, like 35, 45 second clip thing. Yeah, she got she got a bad rap out of this whole thing. But let's be honest though, this episode was not solely bad because of no, they forced that they forced a ton of they forced a ton of stupid drama. Like it was just like forced drama and the volleyball scene will forever go down as the wor- one of the worst dates in Bachelor history. It did not go yeah. well. There's just a ton of like forced moments and like forced emotions and. Like, I don't think Nick said, like, a gen- like him, like, complimenting and, like, saying how he was into Christina. I was like, this is all made up. Like, it was all, like, very generic, basic, like, things. But then he's dumping Danielle L, and that didn't make any damn sense to me. Didn't, yeah. Like, there's just, like, moves in here to, like, build this thing up of, like, oh, Nick's uncertain of, like, what he wants to do. It sounds or, to me like you're out on Nick more than anything, but. I mean, I'm never, like, I mean, I think other people have had the take, too, and I, I'm definitely in on this, but it's, like, Nick Nick is more of a vehicle to bring out more drama of these girls, but if I never saw Nick in a Bachelor episode, like, the entire episode was just these girls interacting with each other and, like, talking about shit about each other, like, that's all I give a damn about. I mean, Corinne is doing work, like, God bless her she'll uh she's she's keeping the show going i mean so she's points like she's 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 carrying the squad she should be out there saying i need some more playmakers out here bachelor so corinne is my out for the week yeah oh i can all right so i get i get the i get the wanting to be entertained aspect of this man but She's just, she's too much. Are you not entertained? She just sucks up the whole episode, and it's the same shit. It's just the same stuff. Like I'm entertain me with something else. Like I'm, I based on the previews, it's looking like Kareen's gonna give. Kareen is gonna give. I don't know. I sorry. She's gonna be top four. We're gonna get that Raquel moment. She is going to like some shit's gonna go down with her. This platinum vagine stuff is coming. I'm so happy the line's coming out. Um, next episode is going to be fire so I guess I'm glad she's on for that but I, like, I'm just out on what she's been doing like give us some new girl or go home because you're not winning but my in is something that we very much so partook in during the Super Bowl which was prop bets and I think that's not unique a ton of people do this but like why can't this be a recurring thing throughout the year PJ it's so fun I like it like more than betting just on the lines of games or money lines of games. Let's just like NBA finals, playoff games, like just stuff that's going on in everyday life. Like let's put prop bets out there. We should be able to bet on all kinds of shit all the time. Like we should be able to bet on the bachelor. Uh, bachelor's tough though. Cause it's pre-recorded and some people know what's happening with it, but very. True. Um, I mean, from coming from a guy that's winning our bachelor pool, uh, right now, first time, you know, fully watching the show, dominating the game. Um, I'd be really up on betting on The Bachelor because I think I'm going to get my top four and the winner right. All my horses are still in the in the race here, but no, I'm prop betting is dope. Um, but it also would be like super fucking silly if it wasn't the Super Bowl. Is my one thing with it is like. To freak out about how many times they say Gronk or what color the Gatorade is, to do all that kind of crap, um, people would literally be like, "Dude, you have a problem." And I probably, I think we've done a pretty good job of developing a gambling problem. Twenty seventeen. That was one of my, like, couple of my, um, you know, New Year's resolutions. One was to develop a gambling problem. We're slowly um, creeping that way, considering we're gonna bet on yogi Farrell scoring 30 points after this pod is over too so i have to pick the game no no no, no. i'll give you we'll decide on a length of well time. you you said ev- ever again that's fine and I'll, ever is a long damn time and i'll well in the nba right yeah that's yeah in the nba but ever is a long damn time he's got at least two years on this deal 
So, so the rest of this year and that, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you from the end of time in the NBA, but you got to give me some odds on that though. That's only fair. I'm giving you forever. Some odds. You're the one that said forever. You. Let's we're gonna well, let's talk about this, but we got to close up shop here, PJ. We're running yeah, long, man. But, um, so yeah, thank you for everyone that has been listening to our pod. We've gotten a ton of great feedback from you guys. Uh, please check out our website at the pointforwardnba.com. Check us out on Twitter at the point forward or my or, tw- or PJ's Twitter handles at foolishkilla at ultra jacobs. And make sure you check us out on Facebook and download the pod from Stitcher iTunes. And we definitely appreciate a review. Uh, so, uh, but like I said, thank you everyone for listening. And PJ, uh, oh, uh, something uh, that we'll definitely have to touch on in our next podcast. OKC, uh, Kevin Durant returns to the OKC this weekend. So, yeah, and. Uh- one Charles Oakley getting kicked out. Well, we'll probably talk about, it, but Charles Oakley got kicked out of a uh, game today for uh, evidently talking some crap to uh, James Dolan. Be- sat behind him and was like, got arrested. Yeah, so much happened today alone from the NBA. Today was pretty like, eventful. Well, pretty whatever, lit. whatever we miss, we'll definitely try to cover this weekend. But uh, like I said, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll come out with another pod again. ZDs for life.